0: Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you, Father, for your goodness and for your kindness to us. Thank you that your word is true and that your mercy endures forever, Lord God. We trust in your kindness. We trust in your goodness. We trust in your endurance, Lord God. We trust in all that you are, Lord God. We thank you for this day. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to come and learn of you. Um, in In uh deeper ways, that we can draw closer to you and draw from you the things that we need for this week, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God. a time spent in your word is never wasted. I thank you, Lord God, that it always produces fruit that remains, and we bless you and we praise you, Lord, for fruit that remains today in jesus name amen, amen, hallelujah well. Hallelujah. Today we're going to talk about endurance and encouragement. Amen. Um, God is a God of endurance, and that's something that I really never heard before. I just kind of found it in the Bible one time. I said, Wow, I never saw him like that before. But he is a God of endurance and encouragement. And so I found it here in Romans chapter 15. Turn my turn my little rat on. Okay. <laughs> Romans chapter fifteen, starting in verse one, it says we who are strong have an obligation to bear in the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So just to kind of give you some some um, the setting of this jewel um, this is this comes right after Romans 14 where um, Paul is talking about you know there's some people who believe that eating meat offered to idols is wrong and some people don't have a conscience about it and don't use your liberty to to hurt somebody else so don't um, don't take an opportunity of your freedom to bring offense to somebody or to make them feel bad, or to, because whoever doesn't eat of faith is sin, and all that kind of thing, you draw them into confusion when you do that. So we're supposed to bear with the weaknesses of others um, until they come into a revelation of freedom that they need to have. And so um, this is the setting for this verse. So starting again in verse 1, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let Let each of us please his neighbor for his good and to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached me, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever is written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God of God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Amen. So here we're going to focus on endurance and encouragement. These are two qualities that God has that he's given to us to to partake of and also to demonstrate. So just to give you some definition, endurance is the ability, according to Webster's, it's the ability to withstand hardship or adversity. So it's a form of tolerance um, when you can kind of go through something, you know, unscathed, you know, you can go through and sometimes it's not unscathed. I guess it depends on what your attitude is in it, because sometimes you can push yourself beyond what your ability is. But we lean into his strength and he withstood pain um in order to gain us and so so that same endurance he he strove with the with the children of Israel for a long time he suffered with that in and in order to gain um what he promised himself and so it's a form of tolerance in endurance can be increased so if you think of like endurance training you think about like a runner um, who wants to be able to run a longer distance, and they'll just push themselves a little bit beyond where they're comfortable in order to gain the capacity to be able to do more. So this is what endurance is. And as you stretch yourself a little bit farther, and then then that becomes the norm. And then you push yourself a little bit farther, and that becomes the norm. So your endurance is able to grow, and it's able to increase. And um, so, like, instead of just running on a flat surface, now we're running uphill. And now, so now that allows our heart to work better and, and get more oxygen, that kind of thing. So in the same way, God will increase our ability to endure in times of stress and, and times of pressure. So when we're going through things like that, it's a, the testing of our, our faith produces patience, right? So patience is another word for endurance. And so he pushes us. It's not um, to make us hurt. But he pushes us in a way where we can lean into him stronger and trust him in a greater way. Um, So we're going to look at uh, 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verses 7 through 10. This is our... One of my favorite scriptures, (laughs) the cornerstone scripture for my business. We have this treasure in jars of clay or in earthen vessels so that this all surpassing power to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. So when we feel like everything is pushing against us, we have a treasure on the inside of us that we can tap into, and it's the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. He gives us the ability to stand in the midst of trouble and come out victorious. Hallelujah. So and now endurance and perseverance is kind of used interchangeably. You know, it is kind of we think it's almost the same thing. Um, and they do work together, but it's not exactly the same thing. Endurance is the actual ability to withstand. It's that steadfastness. It's the ability to withstand. Persevera- perseverance is the decision to endure. So when you decide, I'm not going to let the, the obstacles stop me. When you make a decision to lean into that endurance that's available to you, that's perseverance. And we can go against these hardships and strive for the goal, and it's continuing in spite of the difficulty. And so this is—you um, see an example of this in Habakkuk chapter three, and. Um, uh see, I just love these verses. I love the Lord, I love jesus okay um Habakkuk chapter three and um i have there's a, a minister that I listen to, and um years and years ago he um Roberts lairdon he has a, a a message called Confronting the brazen Heavens, and he preached this verse, and so every time I hear it read, I hear his voice saying it, but anyway, so. I'm going to get over that. (laughs) Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor there be fruit on the vines. Though the labor of oil may fail, and the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me to walk on the high hills. So yet I will rejoice. This is a picture of perseverance. Here Habakkuk makes the decision to stand and rejoice in the midst of calamity. In my church, we've called this a yet praise. (laughs) We're going to yet praise. Even though stuff is happening all around, you can make a decision to praise God, and he will be your strength. He will make you make your feet like Heinz feet. He will make your feet steady in the midst of the storm. He will make you secure in the midst of calamity. Hobartic found strength in God, who was the only stability that was around him. He tapped into a supernatural endurance that only comes from God. So when Romans 15 calls God our father, the God of endurance, what does that mean to you? It, to me, it means no matter what the circumstance, he remains steadfast. He is faithful. He is strong. And because of his enduring strength and consistency, he becomes a refuge for us. We can hide in him and we're safe. In Psalm 46, the psalmist says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be moved, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God shall help her at just at the break of dawn. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Hallelujah. So it's when you look at everything shaking, 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 there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. We're the city of God. And that river on the inside of us of the Holy Spirit comes and brings us joy and refreshing at the time when we need it. It brings an endurance to be able to stand. God is our helper. And he will help us in whatever we face in many of the psalms David talks about god's faithfulness and his steadfastness, and we find safety in his ability and God responds when we acknowledge that endurance so when we acknowledge his steadfastness, he is quick to respond to us. We see an example of this in second chronicles um, chapter five, and this is where Solomon had built the ta- the uh, the temple of God. He, this was the first temple. God, where, um, he, God fulfilled the promise to David that he would allow Solomon to build the temple. So as they were christening the temple or, or sanctifying it, um, they were bringing the, um, Ark of the Covenant into the temple. They sacrificed so many sheep and oxen they couldn't number it. They brought so many offerings, and to worship God, worship God. And starting verse 11, I'm going to skip the parentheses. It says, "But when the priests came out of the holy, oh, the holy place, and when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, and this is the song that they sang: He is good, and his steadfast love endures forever." When they sang that, the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord has filled the house. Amen. So the tangible glory of God filled the temple when they sang about his goodness and his enduring steadfast love. He He. It, that excites him when we respond to his kindness and his endurance. And so he is always able and always willing. He is eager to help us. He is always eager to respond to us when we acknowledge his goodness and his love. Paul talks about this in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. When he was talking to the um Corinthian church um in verses 7 and 8, it says, "Love." This is from the Phillips translation. Love knows no limit to its endurance, no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. It is, in fact, the one thing that stands when everything else has fallen. That's God's love is that strong and that enduring. So the word endures, the the word that is translated as endures in in the Bible is a word that means to remain, abide, To not recede and not flee. So you're not trying to escape. So this is you're willing to stand with somebody, to bear bravely and calmly. It also means to remain or tarry behind and to take patiently. And when I saw this about tarry behind, it reminds me of a father walking with his young child. And the kid is walking slower than the father could walk on his own, but the father is staying with the son. And he's staying with them, and even though the the son kind of gets distracted, looking at the little ants on the ground, and the father is patiently waiting and walking with him and keeping him going along the way so he's he's going he's uh submitting himself, he's tearing behind for the um because of his son, and that's what God does with us it's like his where we're yoked together with Jesus, I see it as um, we're yoked with him and we keep pace with him, but he's not dragging us along. If we're if we're slow in strength, he he cooperates with us and he adds his strength to ours so that we can make the journey. So this is this is what he does. He tarries behind and he's patient with us. Another um another word for endurance means to be of long spirit and to not lose heart. To be patient, bearing with offenses and injuries of others. So, if you're you're in a situation where you feel like you're not being treated right or something like that, you can have patience and endure and be long-suffering, slow to anger. This is what love does. So, we'll look at um, second. Peter uh chapter 3 verse 9 this is uh, this demonstrates God's long suffering with us it says the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as, under- as some understand slowness instead he is patient he is long suffering with you not wanting any to perish, but that all come to repentance. So the slowness is not about him keeping the promises. Slow is waiting for you to catch up. He's long-suffering with you because he doesn't want anybody to miss out on what he has for us. When we remember his patience and his steadfast love toward us, our endurance comes up and increases because we know that he is standing with us he will never leave us he will never forsake us and we are able to endure because of his strength and we'll look at hebrews chapter 12 is there's just a lot of stuff so i'm sorry if i'm racing i don't mean to do that um but this is just really good um hebrews chapter 12 Um, And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. So, again, this is right after Hebrews 11 with the heroes of faith. So it, it listed all the people who by faith. You know, went through these things, they received some of the promise, not the ultimate promise that they received, what they were looking for from God. It says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily clings to us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the, hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So, if we look at this verse, it says, "We look to Jesus who endured, so that we won't grow weary." Okay so this is the key right here we look at Jesus who endured hostility he endured hostility and um from the people that he was he he endured hostility from sinners that he was dying to save okay Whew. <laughs> that is love man that is so much love and he he endured the hostility and when we consider him and what he went through then that lets us to not lose heart That lets us know that he's also enduring with us. When we consider what Jesus endured and why he endured it, we have the strength not to lose heart. He endured the cross because of the joy set before him. That was us. We were the joy that was set before him. We were the prize. We were the not the carrot in front of the donkey. We were the actual prize that he obtained. And because of that prize that was set before him, he was willing to go through anything it took to get us home. Hallelujah. We were the joy set before him, and that gave him the strength to endure the cruelty of the cross. Now, throughout the New Testament, we find places where we're, we're called to endure, where it says endure hardship as a good soldier, you know, and all these things. First of all, I, I want to let you know that we are never in, called to endure the curse. OK, the curse has been dealt with. We are redeemed from the curse. So we're not called to endure sickness, poverty, confusion or any kind of um, of the results of sin. We are not called to endure that because we, we have been redeemed. We have been set free from those things. So when that comes to you, that's a resistance. That's the resistance of the enemy. We can speak to that and command it to leave in Jesus name. We do not have to endure that. We can push against that and command him to go. Okay, but he, but we endure, like you look at the, the scripture that we read above, we endure and we are patient for the sake of the other people to win them over. You know, we, we're not, um, we're not suffering just for the sake of suffering. We're suffering, you know, the things we're, people get to be a burden for us sometimes you know let's just be honest sometimes if we were just to to work with with, from our own strength we look at people it's like i don't want to answer their phone one more time (laughs) i don't want to look at my emails i don't want to listen to their talk anymore i'm done you know and but we endure we show kindness to people to win them over and to demonstrate god's love for them because god never not answers our phone call he's there for us all the time you know So, um, so God does not also expect us to endure in our own strength. This is not a human will thing. This is not a mind over matter thing. He expects us to just lean into His strength and let His endurance ride through us. Okay. He's given us His spirit to strengthen us and His resurrection life inside of us. He brings us encouragement to strengthen our endurance. So let's look again at Romans 15. Um And in starting in verse 4, this is our our scripture that we started with. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see, endurance and encouragement go hand in hand. Okay? So they work together as a team. Whatever God, whenever God calls you to endure, He brings an encouragement. Like when He, when when we're in a place of struggle he said don't be afraid i am with you you know he always imparts that courage to you to give you the word to to um to be able to sustain and to be able to endure so the word encouragement means exhortation it means admonition it's a persuasive discord and a stirring address so that's like a um like a The exhortation, it means to stir somebody up and um, where God becomes our cheerleader and our coach. You know, if you think of, you know, Rocky and his little guy in the corner, it's like, now we're going to get him this time. (laughs) You know, go back in, you know, and you got this, you got this, go in. And it's like that kind of stirring thing. Like don't don't drop your hands now. Keep going. And so that's the exhortation of encouragement. The other word uh, for encouragement is consolation. Comfort, solace, and that which affords comfort or refreshment. So when the encouragement of God comes to us, his encouragement brings a refreshing and a comfort to us. So if you think of a runner, those people that are on the side bringing the water, and as you're running, here's your cup of water, be refreshed. You know, either they're throwing it at him or letting them drink it. You know, they're bringing a refreshing to them so that they can continue to go on. So that's the refreshment and the encouragement. And the encouragement imparts courage to the weary so that they can continue and not faint. So we're going to go back again to the passage in Second Corinthians. And Paul, where Paul was talking about we're pressed on every side, we're persecuted, not abandoned, we're not crushed, we're not abandoned, we're not destroyed. And then it goes on in verse 13. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will, will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. So he's being encouraged by the fact that the one who raised Jesus from the dead is going to revive him and also revive the people that he's caring for. He said, for it is for all your sake. So that the grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving and glory to God. So ultimately, the goal is to reach as many people and bring thanksgiving to God for all that he has done. Because of all this, verse 16, we do not lose heart. Because of all this encouragement, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So the we, he, he's comparing all the stuff where he said, we've been through all this, all this, all this, you know, persecution, crushed, perplexed, all these kind of things. We've been through all this stuff and it's a light affliction compared to the glory and compared to the reward of of staying in the game you know you 're never going to win if you don't stay in the game <laughs> you've got to stay in the game so it's there is and and there's nothing sweeter than that victory when you get over to the other side when we get over and it's not just talking about heaven but it, the the heaven that we experience on the earth it's what when we when we are stand and we receive the things that we've been standing for, there is no sweeter taste. It feels so good to receive those things that we've been praying for and been standing for. And we're not looking at the things around us. We're looking at what's unseen. We're looking at the promises, those things. Um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So that's what we're looking to to encourage us, and because what can see, is subject to change. Everything we see is temporary. It's all subject to change. So Paul found encouragement knowing that the glory of God that he would receive outweighs the discomfort that he was experiencing. And it's like a mother who forgets the pain of childbirth when she's holding her baby. It's like the thought of Jesus. Jesus thought of us in his arms. And we were worth his endurance. We were worth his endurance. So Amen. So that that's where we're going to land today, and we'll pick up next week and talk about the, the ministry of encouragement and how we can receive encouragement and encourage one another. So, amen. So, Father God, we just thank you for your word to us today. Father, we thank you for feeding us bread from heaven, Lord God. We ask that you allow your spirit to continue to nourish us. Let this word take root, Lord God, and, and minister to us over the week, Father God. And I just thank you for your great grace resting on us, Father 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 God, we bless the people who are gathered here. We bless the people who are watching, Lord God. And, Father, we bless those who are traveling and are out of town, Father. We just thank you that your grace extends uh, far beyond our reach, Lord God. And we just trust you. We commit them to your care in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday.